1: What a week it has been, and those are the sounds of the week right here on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Austin Horton filling in for Jake Scott. He'll be back Monday. Gordon Monson here, as always. Uh, we've had Dell Murphy, Howard back on the show. You heard from Jay Hill. We've got Ben Anderson coming up in just moments for the Utah Jazz Insider Report. Uh, anything of a particular uh, Nature Gordon out there. I know in the break we were talking about Nick Watney and uh, the the golfer who is now tested positive for coronavirus.
0: Yeah, the, he's the first PGA Tour player to uh, to test positive, and he's withdrawn from the tournament there at Heritage. And I, I, I just it's confusing to me because when I read the story, it says that he was tested on Wednesday and, te- and tested negative. And then started feeling symptoms and uh, was tested again on Friday and tested positive. And he had since obviously played with some players and been in the general neighborhood of some other players, uh, I believe, including uh, McElroy, right?
1: Yeah, it says he had so, a distant, at distant conversation with oh, Rory, but I okay. don't know what the distance was. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Anyway, I, if you're tested one day and then tested within 48 hours and you get two different results, that's that's kind of frightening, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it, it is. You can't. It's like, I mean, okay, what can we can't trust? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I mean, if <laughs> I, I guess I'm confused, unless the test was faulty, which it could um, be. Yeah. And if the test is faulty, that seems like it's more harmful than not being tested at all.
1: Yeah, we know we know that there's both false positives and negatives in these tests. There's It's a small percentage that are false, but huh, this is the world. This is what the stuff we have to deal with. And Nick Watney, you, you just hope he gets better and that he didn't share it with anybody while yeah. he was there at the golf course. That's all you can do. Well, obviously,
0: uh, he got it from somewhere.
1: He, uh, yeah, had to have.
0: Uh, this is
1: a, a man who is socially distancing himself from us on the phone, but that's just because it's easier to call him on the phone. Uh, ben Anderson covers the jazz. You know him, you love him. He's over there from KSL, and Ben's with us now to talk about all things jazz and NBA. Let's start there, Ben. Uh, this this uptick in numbers in Florida, where I, I believe today Florida is the leader in the country uh, in most positive tests in one day. Do you think that that's going to cause the NBA to put a halt on things or are they going uh, forward regardless
2: I think they're planning on going forward maybe not regardless but if these numbers continue to climb and climb and climb up until you know what what are we three weeks out now from yeah. from teams actually reporting I guess if the numbers are still climbing there there's a chance they could you know back out and say this just isn't safe and we don't feel it's right but I can't imagine that they're assuming this is going to continue at this pace for the next three weeks, even, you know, places like New York where we saw it get hit and spike so high, it didn't quite – I mean, I can't remember exactly how long it lasted, but the idea is it should go up, and then hopefully people start to recognize that and let those numbers fall off a little bit as they be more careful. Uh, And then, additionally, I mean, if you believe in the concept of the bubble, the idea is it shouldn't matter if there's, you know, coronavirus and COVID-19 all around. If you're in a bubble and it's safe and you feel like there aren't people coming in with it and people who may have it are getting tested before they come in so they can't enter the bubble, then ideally you should be able to get onto this campus environment and it shouldn't matter uh, what, what's going on on the outside. It, it should be like playing on an island, even though we know that's not a perfect comparison. That that should be somewhat of the concept.
0: Yeah, Ben, uh, Jake and I have been kind of going at it a little bit this week uh, in, a, in a light way about the all the restrictions and all the policies that have been put in place to create that bubble. And he thought they took it a little too far. I, I thought I think whatever they can do, you know, however they have to do it to keep players and staff and coaches safe, I'm, I'm pretty much all for it. Where are you uh, on that whole continuum?
2: I'm with you, and I think the players are probably with you, Gordon, where, I mean, the more – as long as you can maintain – Humanity of some sense, and they're already losing some of that by not being able to see the everyday people from their lives. But there's a great financial reward for them going out and doing this, and and we recognize that. And it's actually a pretty enormous sacrifice from the players and the coaches and everyone who's going down to go and commit to living in this bubble over the next you know six seven weeks, and for some teams you know two and a half three months. That's a very big sacrifice, and I think it's important to appreciate that. In turn, I think we should respect that. Whatever we have to do to make it safer for them, which allows them to have their livelihood, it allows people like me to have my livelihood, I respect that. I accept it, and I hope that they can feel as safe and as human as possible when they're down there. If we're putting in so many restrictions that they're not living humanely, then it's not worth doing. From what I've read, though, even though I get it's a little bit 1984, it feels like when they're going down there, it's not quite robbing them really of their humanity and their existence and as long as they're okay with it and can agree you know the majority of players want to go back down and play i'm all for it and i think the nba is doing a nice job trying to find that balance
1: ben is there any uh reservation in your mind when this is all said and done that there will be an asterisk uh attached to whoever's the champion why or why not
2: I think there will be just because the season is so bizarre. No one's going to have home court advantage. You know, it's just going to be, it's going to be memorable. And maybe the asterisk represents how memorable this is and how insane this is versus, Hey, it means less. You know, I, I don't think necessarily this championship will mean less than anybody else's. Now, If we get to a finals and the Phoenix Suns have somehow worked their way into the playoffs and then got through because, you know, half of the players in the NBA contracted coronavirus and couldn't play, and then in the Eastern Conference you ended up with the Washington making it, yes, we're going to have an asterisk and we're going to recognize that that was not an accurate representation of what this NBA season was. But I don't see that happening. I still think it's going to be determined by the best players, and that's Giannis Antetokounmpo and LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard. And whoever of those wins this championship, and you know between those three guys, I'd say you've got the overwhelming favorite and a huge percentage of likelihood that one of those guys will come home with a ring, maybe their first, or for for Kawhi his what, fourth, and for LeBron his fourth, I guess at that yeah. point as well. Mm-hmm. That's a very strong sign that hey, this this is accurate. This does represent what the NBA has been looking for, and it's a true champion.
0: I, was, I suspect in some regards, Ben, the, I mean, the winner of this could be seen as as being even superior from the standpoint of overcoming all the distractions and all the difficulties and and, and the heavy issues that are on players minds. And yet you're still able to fight through and and hoist the uh, the, the championship trophy that that seems admirable to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree with that aspect as well. I mean, I think that the likelihood is we will remember the sacrifice the players made, the league made, the difficulty it was to get to this point, and we can recognize how ambitious and how honestly kind of remarkable sports are, you know, this will to win is, this competitiveness is. I think we can recognize that, and it can, in a lot of ways, kind of differentiate this championship from the rest, and in a good way, not not in a bad way. Now, hopefully we never have to do it again. But hopefully, we recognize it as a strength of the NBA and not a weakness.
1: As it pertains to the Jazz, we have Sam Amick from the Athletic on every Thursday, and last week he was telling us how he sees the Jazz as one of the more interesting storylines in Orlando. Even though he doesn't feel like they might be the favorite to win it all, but he listed off a bunch of things that they were the team that this whole all started with. Unfortunately, someone had to be, but they were they were the team that shut down the NBA on uh, the the or the uh, Gordon or gordon the gobert and donovan mitchell reports the mike conley uh, will he be better uh, than he was the boyan bogdanovich injury how do you see the jazz fitting into the storylines in orlando is he right or is there a team that's more interesting
2: No, I mean, the Jazz certainly bring a lot of intrigue, and and there's going to be a ton of conversation around Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell both as players who have tested positive for coronavirus and gotten past it, and then, B, the fact that there was the fallout between the two players and and what do they look like when they get back on the floor together. I still think that's a big question mark for the Jazz. Uh, So I think there's definitely issues there. You know, if the Jazz had Boyan Bogdanovich, they're arguably as deep a team as there is in the NBA. Now they don't have the top-tier talent at the top of their roster, like a LeBron or like a Giannis or like a Kawhi Leonard. But if you get down to player six, player seven on their roster, and we're talking about, you know, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neal, the other one of the deepest teams in the NBA. And if this does, in fact, because you're going to be playing every other night over 30 days, uh, guys are going to be tired. Guys are going to get sick. Unfortunately, it seems like even if you're not getting coronavirus, if you show symptoms, they're going to pull you out of games. They're not going to let you go in and be around people. So, Inevitably, somebody's going to get a cough, somebody's going to get a cold that isn't COVID nineteen, and they're going to miss games, and those could be playoff games. And, and understandable why the NBA would put that type of, of restriction in place. And in that case, you know, if you are losing a guy, your depth is really going to matter. And if the Jazz had Boyan Bogdanovich, and even without him, they're still one of the deepest teams in the NBA. So th- they are—they do have some things built up in a spot where. They could potentially make a run for a championship. You know, as we understand how the coronavirus works, and obviously that's changing seemingly every day, You know, the fact that Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell have already had it doesn't mean that they're not going to have to miss long periods of games. That could be a big boost at some point as well. So there's definitely talking points around this basketball team that I think are going to be very interesting as they travel down to Orlando.
0: So if you were going to break that down even more, get very specific about what the Jazz have to do to give themselves the chance at what you were just talking about, what would those be?
2: Well, some of it's going can be purely matchup-related, and that means avoiding the Houston Rockets ideally in the first round, and then maybe hoping that Houston, in a bizarre matchup, finds a way in the second round to eliminate a team like the – or maybe even in the first round like the Lakers – or like the Clippers, if the, if the Rockets were to fall to seven and find a way to upset them, that could certainly be an advantage for the Jazz. And let's say the Jazz get matched up with the Oklahoma City Thunder in the first round. I mean, I think those are the types of ideal setups you have to have for every championship team to, to eventually make a run. And we've, we've certainly seen that in NBA history. That type of thing does happen that clears a pathway for maybe an unlikely contender to, to jump up and get, get the victory. So I think that's one of them. And then maybe the advantage of getting Donovan Mitchell to come back and go on one of those amazing streaks that we know he has. Generally, it seems to happen around you know late December through January over the last few seasons. He's gone on an absolute tear. He's had to play point guard a little bit more, which has moved him into in certain spots, which is, has made him more productive throughout his career. Are we going to see that with Mike Conley back on the floor? I, I'm not sure that we did see Mike Conley in those last five games as we were going into this hiatus moving out of the starting lineup more quickly into the game, playing with that second unit that Dennis Lindsay has talked about quite a bit and how successful it is, which does open up an opportunity for for Donovan to play more point guards. So there's certainly some key matchups and maybe a weird mystery lineup that we haven't seen because Bojan Bogdanovich has been healthy that now that Quinn Snyder will get the test without him in the lineup. I think there's all kind of little interesting details there that could prop up, that could push the Jazz towards a championship.
1: Ben, I'm going to test your improvisational creative skills uh, on the ridiculous side of things here. Have you been to Disneyland or Disney World before?
2: Yeah, I used to. uh, Actually, uh, I used to live in Florida. I lived uh, right next to Disney property for a while.
1: Oh, okay, so you're very familiar. You you listed the three players earlier, Kawhi, LeBron, and Giannis, that you would uh, put the odds on favorite to possibly win this thing. Describe each of their team's uh, capabilities and chances of winning the championship in Orlando by uh, using a ride at Disney World or Disneyland? So
2: oh, by using a ride, I might yeah. be more trying to use a character. <laughs> no, side. no, no character. No. Yeah. Rides would <laughs> be difficult. <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess for the, we'll say for Milwaukee, we'll say it's it, it's it's the, surf, what is it, the safari, the African safari. They're just going to have to kind of work their way through that beast that, <laughs> that is the Eastern Conference, and it's going to be a lot of little stops. It's not going to be one major, you know, one enemy. Now, if you're looking at the one major enemy you have to fight, that's, of course, going to be the Yeti that you find on Everest, and that's going to come for <laughs> LeBron James having to go up against Kawhi Leonard and the, uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. They really kind of have one target. That I think they're going to have to go through, and then for the Clippers, I, I don't know. I mean, it might be like Spaceship Earth because they've just kind of been this bad, <laughs> lame theme for so long. Maybe they can finally reach the peak and get to that future that they built themselves up for.
0: What, without a hesitation, Gordon. Without oh, a breath, oh, I, he had that ready for us. Oh, I was just going to say, after that last question, Ben, I got nothing. I, <laughs> I, I, got, I, I got nothing for you. We got I to mean, the important stuff, at least. Uh, <laughs> okay, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty much done now, I'm in, but I'm impressed.
1: Uh, you're the man, Ben. Ben, thanks for so much for the time, and uh, we hope to see you around soon, okay? We'll yeah, talk to you soon. All right. Be good. Have a good Father's Day. Ben Thanks. Anderson. I, it, it, so uh, it, I, I don't know about space Earth. what was it? Space, spaceship earth that he shared. I've I don't know that ride. <laughs> never heard of that one. I believe it that it's a ride, but I've never heard. And then the Matterhorn for the Lakers. Because it's just one enemy in front of them, the Clippers and the African Safari for the the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. I don't know, Gordon.
0: I, yeah, I, like I said, I stand I stand here absolutely impressed. Which I mean.
1: team would you uh, put more with the Jungle Cruise, where it's uh, they're they're cute and they're fun, but it's not the most exciting
0: ride. <laughs> i i don't know i i uh portland <laughs> no they've got Damien lillard at least <laughs> uh, I, don't know. I, my favorite, I don't know my favorite ride at uh at disney uh world and disneyland is uh space mountain uh, because uh when i get on that ride i know it's been around for a long time but when i get on that ride I, it makes me giggle
1: you have, you've been to lagoon as well right I have. it's been a while. They've got that Jet Star 2 ride, the orange iron roller coaster. Somebody tried to tell me that the inside of Space Mountain that that is the same roller coaster is just inside at Space Mountain and here at Lagoon it's the same roller coaster. I don't know if I if that's true but
0: well I that's, I did not know that. But part of the part of the fun thing about Space Mountain is that you are inside and it's dark. And you can't see where you're going next. Yeah, that and and it feels good in there. And usually when you're at Disney uh, Land, at uh, Disney World, you uh, you are uh, some outside you're hot, you especially know? at
1: Disney World with the humidity. Yeah, and
0: inside you feel refreshed. And it, I don't know, that's just a ride that I always get the kick out of. You know, there might be superior rides, uh, more thrilling rides, but that that's just feels good so i i don't know who you would assign that to what what team makes me <laughs> feel good
1: uh well i would say the team that makes me feel good i like the milwaukee bucks i kind of hope obviously i would like the jazz to win the whole thing but if they don't i'd like to see the bucks do it that's that's a good feel good story yannis Kumbo, what was he taken in the draft he was the same year as rudy correct uh was he i thought so but anyway he wasn't the first overall pick and yet here he might be the future of the nba and that'd be cool to see him win it so anyway all right all right that was ben anderson of ksl check out his work at ksl sports and ksl.com coming up next it's time for various clips or sounds of various what is it gordon sound clips of various sounds
0: Sounds of various clips. <laughs> well, also known attention, as,
1: as drop of the day, it's in point, appointment radio, isn't it? But right now it's, it's time it's, for a basketball. It's,
0: uh, as I said, you've got to slow down. It's sounds of various clips.
1: Yeah, uh, appointment uh, radio. Mm-hmm, and, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Coming up next. But right now it's time for Basketball is Back basketball is back the zone sports network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the utah jazz in the nba this is a back to basketball update oh he never loved at the net presented by zions bank on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network Good news for the Ennis Cantor family. His father was wrongfully imprisoned in Turkey for the last seven years. He was released today. Cantor says his only crime was being Cantor's father, Ennis's father, that is, and that they won't forget or continue to or stop to uh, work for getting released for the tens of thousands of others in Turkey wrongfully imprisoned. The Lakers' Danny Green says that playing. Will be will spark better and more change uh, uh, with the Black Lives Matter movement rather than not playing in Orlando. And the Lakers, they say they're fully focused on making positive social social changes first, and winning an NBA championship second. That's your basketball is back update brought to you by Zions Bank.